Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, the road beckons the Red Raiders once again as Lawrence, Kansas will be the scene. We're getting ready next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through love. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks as always to those making us their first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to see you again, man. Been a few days since we were on the gridiron, so still some things to process from Thursday night in a win over Texas Christian. But no rest for the weary as the road looms once again. Looking ahead to Lawrence, Kansas, we learn it will be an 11 a.m. kick as the Red Raiders take on a top 25 foe in the Kansas Jayhawks. few things to get to on that front today. Hoops makes its return this week as well in just a few days. We'll hear from Red Raider head coach Grant McCaslin later on in this episode, talking somewhat about what we saw against the Aggies and maybe what's real or not, what's sustainable as we get into the regular season. But, uh, Chris, it's a big one for Joey McGuire and the gang, as we've talked about. Until it changes, the road narrative will remain the road narrative. You're trying to break through and have some success, and you're doing it against one of the better teams, well, you faced all season long, man. So a big, big challenge coming up. Yeah, it's probably the best uh, Kansas team since 2008. Um, I think uh, they have more, I think, more wins uh, than anybody in 2008. They're ranked uh, fairly high. I think at like, I don't know, 18, 19, somewhere in there, depending on where what poll you're looking at. And, you know, you've got three opportunities and you, you've got to win two of them. And this is uh, – I, I do think you're in a good place going uh, on the road. You know, Kansas, technically, they're, they're still – you know, they, they're going to need a little help, I think. But they, they, uh, they, they're they kind of, you know, just lingering around for a spot in Arlington. So they've got a lot on the line. I do think you catch a big break with that 11 a.m. kickoff announcement. I mean, th- those were never bad for the road team ever. Um, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily dictate the outcome of the game, but more often than not, you're you're at a slight advantage as the road team when it's you know 11 a.m. versus say 2:30 or six o'clock or whatever it may be, uh, and then a night game environment. Um, you know. It's the Chiefs bye week uh, this week, so wouldn't be surprised if Pat Mahomes is uh, is in the house. Oh. And yeah, that's right. And and you'll you'll be dealing with a really, I mean, Lance Leipold is, you know, I, I think there's a few coaches that really, you know, and he's in year three, I guess it is. You know, they started off hot last year, and then the wheels just kind of fell off. And you know, you you were kind of opposite last year, and with your team, it's kind of just kind of muddled through and dealt with all these quarterback injuries, and you finished hot. Um, but Lance Leipold has done a phenomenal job uh, there. I think their their OC has done a really good job. I think they're they're just better than what people thought. And 
they've got legit weapons on offense, like dudes, uh, like first-team all-conference guys, and that doesn't even include Jalen Daniels, who was the – I think the top player in the conference coming in as Jason Bean is really heck. I think he may have actually started more games over the last two years than Jalen Daniels has. And so he's, he's got all kinds of experience. This is the guy that you played last year uh, when, when Kansas came to Lubbock and you beat the the Jayhawks. He was starting at that point as well. So, um, but yeah, he, he's Devin Neal and Daniel Hyshaw are, are a pain to deal with uh, what they do with that motion offense you know, like the running the I, I say motion. Uh, see, I've got I still got Bob Knight on the on the brain. So shout out to Coach Knight, man. Flex. Uh, yes, option <laughs> offense, option offense. Similar principles, just different sports. How about that? Yeah, yeah. But, Requires a lot of discipline on the defensive side of things when you're yes. going up against something like that. And I we'll have some time to kind of digest what we think Kansas is here this week, and obviously we'll learn more as we see it for ourselves coming up on Saturday. But, you know, a season ago, they had some steam behind them for a portion of the season, uh, making a bit of a run. Kind of always felt like at some point reality was going to set in and not that they had like transitioned yet into a different kind of program or a top 25 kind of program. And I think ultimately we kind of saw that come to fruition, certainly in the game against Tech. uh, We saw that come to fruition, but still an encouraging year for them last year. But Chris, this team even with some of what they've had to deal with as far as injury or adversity wise, this team to me does seem a little bit more, uh, I I don't know, foundationally built, you know, not a byproduct of the schedule or or some things like that. I do think you're going to see a better Kansas team than you did last year. Do you share that sentiment or how do you kind of see their path compared to a season ago? Oh, I I completely agree. Yeah. I I think, I think you nailed it. Um, And they've beaten, you know, they're just beating Oklahoma and Iowa State in Ames on a Saturday night in back-to-back weeks. And those are those are just games at Kansas. I mean, go, I bet you go look at those records uh, of of against those two teams. And it's been fairly lopsided for uh, the Sooners and the Cyclones against the Jayhawks over a long period of time, I would say, <laughs> especially regardless of where you're playing Oklahoma. But I, I, I'd be willing to bet you that with, with Iowa State in, in Ames, I think it had been a long stretch. And what's interesting is I think your I think your record is like twelve and one in Lawrence. Um, you've only lost the one time. I think there was a you know kind of a what was that a muffed that dropped interception or was that like a muffed uh, punt return? Uh, we had a didn't we have a blocked kick and then we had a lateral? Yeah, Douglas Coleman. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, I remember this now. But okay. why sweat those details, Chris? I know. Yeah, <laughs> it was in uh, that that was in Lawrence on a Saturday night, and that was kind of yeah. Uh, we that, needed that, a possum to run on the field right at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you know because Kansas was not very good then, and you you were not very good, but you had them. You you seemingly had them had him beat in a close one and just kind of couldn't get out of your own way. Um, and Douglas Coleman was a good player. I just remember he was – I think he was maybe the one that tried to make that yeah. lateral when he should have just gone down. You know, Had a great but, season that year. I think it was your INT leader. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, that's the fun thing about sports, man, is it'll drive you crazy. And it it uh, it's so much fun, but you never know what, what players and what that's stress right. and – emotions and all those things factored in what's going to happen. You know, we think we always know, but um, you, you, you've had a, yeah, you've had a lopsided advantage against the, the Jayhawks, but this is, like I said, this is going to be one of the best versions of their football team in a long time. And they have legit, they have legit guys on their team. Um, I mean, Kenny Logan is, 
as good or better than anybody you have on defense individually. I mean, I'd put him and like Rabbit uh, up there together. I mean, it feels like Kenny Logan's been there for a decade, which is I'm sure what people feel like. Adrian Taylor Dimerson as well. Uh, just roaming the roaming the the secondary, and he hits hard and makes plays. But those two running backs are going to be a problem, uh, and the way that they move things around and and shift and motion, and it's uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. But we'll see because this, and it's crazy uh, that I would say this, but this would be if you get it, this would be the most impressive win I think by far of of your season. Have to agree. Uh, if you if you were to go get it, one because of where it was, two because it's a ranked team. I mean, they're and it's. I just want you to know, personal note, it's painful for me to admit that Kansas is really good at football because they are always good at basketball. You're going to see the basketball season start this week, which we'll get into in this show. The Jayhawks are going to be likely preseason number one. FBI searches, uh, you know, aside or FBI phone calls and taps aside, they're still going to be number one in the country. And uh, they are really good. They've always been really good. But the football thing has always been just like, when's hoops season get here, man? Like, this is just killing me. But th- th- it could it, it could be a pretty big crowd even for 11 a.m. in Lawrence because they're, yeah. like I said, they're playing for a legit spot in Arlington. And they need, I think, a little help and going to have to win out. They start, I think they still have to play Kansas State. Um, so anyways, uh, I think, uh, you know, it, it, it'll certainly be interesting, but hopefully the Red Raiders got a few days extra rest and, yeah. you know, we'll kind of talk about it as the week goes along, but yeah, you've got a, you've got a legit, uh, opponent sitting, uh, sitting, wait, waiting on you in Lawrence, Kansas. And shout out to, uh, the last time you really kind of felt that way. You already referenced the era, the era of the BCS, uh, qualifying BCS, not champion, but BCS, whatever, orange ball champion. Kansas Jayhawks Mark in Mangino. the era of the round mound of turnaround. Mark Mangino, you really screwed that up, Kansas, for real. You mentioned some problems for Texas Tech potentially and what's going to be there in red, blue, white, yellow, whatever. There's a cartoon chicken involved somewhere. That's how you'll know them. I want to talk about some problems for the Jayhawks. First, today's episode brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company, changing the non-alcoholic beer game one drop at a time, and it's time for your game changer of the week. This week, we're in the fourth quarter, where it's second and one at the Texas Christian 44, with Tech leading the Frogs 28-21, to when Baron Morton would send it 44 yards down the field to find Dre McCray for the score and a 35-21 to lead for the good guys. One of two touchdowns for Morton on the night. And just like Baron Morton, Athletic Brewing Company is changing the game with non-alcoholic beer that tastes good. Great tasting, award-winning. You're going to find more than 50 styles at athleticbrewing.com. But what you won't ever find is a hangover with Athletic Brewing Company. So change the game by finding Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic beer at a store near you or online at athleticbrewing.com. And right now, first-time customers can get 15% off your first online order by using our code Locked On. That's Locked On for 15% off your first online order. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Find Athletic Brewing Company at athleticbrewing.com. Fit for all times. I want to talk about some problems for the Jayhawks because what we felt like or hoped, I guess, is a fan base. I think I can speak for a lot of Red Raiders on this. Going into the last game with some healthier guys in key spots, what we felt like we would see is maybe a revitalized or almost just outright different version of the team than we had seen for the better part of a month or three weeks or so. And a lot of that actually did come to fruition. And I want to focus in with you uh, here on two specific guys, Chris. Uh, You see it there on the screen, number two or number 10. And I'm talking Baron Morton. I'm talking Jacob Rodriguez. And of course, at a linebacker spot, 
you can somewhat make an argument or a comparison uh, as being a quarterback of a defense. You know, the question that I would have is, who do you think made a bigger impact as far as their return on their respective side of the ball? And as I say it out loud, maybe it's an <laughs> obvious answer because Baron Morton just did some things that only Baron Morton can do. But I am also curious to hear, um, you know, how you felt like Jacob Rodriguez being there, aside from statistics registered, uh, how you felt like he really did impact, say, the other 10 guys uh, on his side of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, the, the, this, you know, I, I'd almost always go with this answer just because of how important that position is, because I think, but I, I love that you asked the question because there's a, there's a very valid point that, that needs to be made here. But as far as Barron goes, I think it, it he, he's the only guy that could have been inserted into the game and not done anything and uplifted everybody. I think just because of his one, the position that he plays, but two, just like the the, the way that people view like him and Tyler, or view how happy he was to be back, and he just I think it was just kind of like I think Joey we even said it on the show. Joey was like, it's like everybody drank ten Red Bulls. It just is right. like this in, in energy infusion into everybody. And I think that kind of helps. It just automatically makes you walk around if you had a uniform on on Thursday night, a little more confident in your chances and in, in what you're doing, even though he hasn't done a thing. Uh, and I, and then and then he goes out and plays mistake-free football, plays efficient football. I think, what was he counting, like 28 to 36, just under 300 yards, a couple of tutties. I mean, just did, did a really good job. Um, and I, I, I and he gave you a chance. And I think he's going to have – because to me, that's what bowl eligibility or not, he's the key for the remainder of your season. So now you have three opportunities left. You, you are trying to play your way into a fourth. But it's all about number two because I just – we look around the country and you see – I mean, look at all the praise that Alan Bowman's getting right now. Um, look at what, you know, Jason Bean, we just talked about. I mean, some of the teams that are having some success, it, it's because there's playmaking at the quarterback position. It's mistake-free uh, playmaking. It's it's game management. It's, it's all the things. And unfortunately, Texas Tech has just been struggling there because your guys have been dinged up. And you, you've, you've had to rely on a variety of, of folks to do that. But I think – Everybody looked around and it was like, we finally got our dude back, man. And I think it helped. But I I, I like that he didn't really ever put his team in harm's way. Um, I think that is – I don't want to gloss over that. And, again, anytime you talk about those things, I feel almost feel like it's being – not disrespectful, but it's like that – that is a huge – with what we've seen with the turnover issues, that alone is just massive. You know, uh, some of those throws, only throwing it to where your guy can get it and, you know, throwing it into the stands when you need it, taking a sack when you need to, you know, just those kinds of things. And Barron is still learning, but that that was maybe the biggest thing. But then, of course, obviously he adds some some playmaking to that, the throw to Dre McCray yeah. down the seam and and all those things. But I just think and – I, and I would expect a, an even healthier version – uh, playing play in Lawrence this weekend than we saw uh, Thursday night versus uh, TCU. So 9 out of 10 or 9.9 out of 10, probably going to go with Baron Morton as their answer. Yeah. But on the other side, what do you think the impact actually was like, uh, whether in like a tackle column or, like I said, beyond that, intangibly, uh, to have Rodriguez out there? Well, here was like some some, some of the fascination with, with Jacob coming back. Because I'll be honest, I wasn't sure – I don't exactly know how many snaps he played, 
but I wasn't sure, okay, how much are we going to see him? At what level will he be at? Um, is this spot duty? And then, and then we, you know, just kind of break the seal and kind of, but I think we'd even said, Joey was like, man, I'm not going to put him out there if he can't legitimately give us 20 or 30 snaps. But I, I think he played quite a bit more than that. And I credit him along with Ben Roberts, uh, talking about Jacob Rodriguez for Imani Bailey not having any kind of night. Yeah, he got he got loose one time and got a touch got a touchdown. But I mean, I thought you handled that part of TCU's offense rather well. And I, I thought that you know TCU struggled to run the football consistently. Three yard and average. I, yeah, and I think Jacob and Ben had a lot to do with that. And I'll tell you that the point I was going to make is like internally process this. Did you see Josiah Pierre much? Mm. No, and that, and that that tells you, I mean, he Jacob came in and he he just he he you know because I mean that all of a sudden now that's one of your deeper positions on your team, uh, and and at first it was one of those oh this is scary I don't know what you have here I don't know you lost some uh, really good players <laughs> yes uh, productive players and yeah. healthy ones Merriweather and, and, Eldridge. It, and it was supposed to be Jacob and Josiah Pierre and now it's it's Jacob and and, and Ben Roberts but th- those guys have multiple years left I mean this is you're kind of watching the future but because Jacob man I just and, and I think Ben is kind of just a slightly younger version but they're like the same guy they're super smart they both can run they will pop you. Uh, they are no nonsense. Just kind of, I mean, you know, uh, just really good football players, well-rounded. Because you can't, you know, they I, are they going to win a forty-yard dash with Dre McCray or or a Miles Price or one of those guys? No, but you can drop them in coverage a little bit, and you're you, they're very athletic and have some quickness and speed to them. But they'll also they can fit it up in the run game, and man, they'll pop you and. The, those two guys will des- – and their smarts, their smarts will desperately be needed uh, this weekend in, in Lawrence when that is a tricky team to defend because of all that they that they do. But I thought I thought Jacobs – it was just a lot better than I would have thought. And yeah. But he's now got two two more games he can play in. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how this goes. Is that still a, a oh, relevant yeah. topic? The red yeah. shirt. Yeah, they're not gonna they're gonna play him two more two of these last three. And I don't so know. So that is a, an intention to have abs- him yes. red shirt. Okay. Yes, yes. Interesting. Uh, I don't I don't I think that they just had he been back a week earlier, um, and I don't know, you base it on the win and the loss here and kind of how right. things go as you manage it. I don't know how you pick your spots. Um but again, that's the beauty of having Bryce Ramirez and uh, and Josiah Pierre. You know, maybe if you win this one, maybe you don't play him versus UCF, and then like get Pierre back in there, and you play him versus Texas. Heck, I don't know what you do, but you you, you get you you can get two of them, and that's it. He can't play in in a third, but you can choose that uh, to to preserve that year for him. And I would say that's probably wise, considering you're four and five right now, and you know you you you'd like to have him for a full year. It's just not necessarily worth it. Wow. That that's really interesting and something to consider in this era for a, a coaching staff and uh, the player and the player's family. That's a little well, bit different than it used to be. It's kind of wild. The think. other one is Mike Dingle. Yeah. Mike Dingle is is now been shut down for the remainder of the season. Who also spent some time at this particular position, one of those interior spots. He's played his four games. 
he got dinged up in Waco, uh, kind of got hit in the neck a little bit. And I don't know whether it was muscle or a stinger or whatever, but, you know, he's been – I think he's fine, but I'm, I, I think they just decided at this point, you know, you played your four, you got us through, you know, we're, we're, we're going to shut you down a little bit. And, and now he will you know, maintain that redshirt season as well. Uh, and what it does – what this doesn't include is, like, in the bowl game, if you can make one – all bets are off. Like this is only regular season only is that rule. Like everybody can play in the bowl game and it doesn't affect your eligibility or anything like that or whatever postseason it would be. Okay, we're going to pivot before we're out of here because this is the time when we begin to allocate some brain power to basketball. And speaking personally, I have very little to allocate. So this is a challenging time for me. Hang with us. We're going to get the hoops. We got an opener in a few days. But up next, I want to get back to some of what we saw against the Aggies sort of saw, maybe you had a chance, uh, in Denton, and whether or not this was real. What is sustainable, particularly some of the prolific success we saw beyond the arc? And we'll hear from head coach Grant McCaslin on that subject and more coming up next on Locked on Texas Tech. First, today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new hire can feel like a huge gamble. And when we're talking about your business or livelihood, that's not ideal. But never fear, LinkedIn Jobs is here to help by finding the best qualified candidates available fast and for free, all on one easy-to-use and secure platform. With simple but specific targeting tools allowing you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to consider. They go beyond just resume data by using insights from your job post, your company, and their 870 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates faster than anyone else. So go to linkedin.com slash locked on college today to identify the most qualified candidates and connect with them fast and for free. Just like a bad hire could sink your ship, the right hire could take your business to new heights this year. And it's no coincidence that small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. It's so easy. Even a big 12 ref could do it. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today with LinkedIn jobs. Terms and conditions apply. Glad to have you along for the ride on Locked On at Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, free and always available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Wrapping it up today with a hoops conversation. Grant McCaslin will make his official debut coming up in just a few days from United Supermarkets. Rain will have plenty more on that as we get closer to tip off, but Kicking off the week, Chris, with a couple of thoughts from what we had a chance to digest, which was an exhibition charity event win over the Aggies. Felt like a little bit more than that, but when you're considering what the Aggies anticipate their team is going to be, there's some things that got our attention, some things maybe to get excited about. And want to pick your brain a little bit on maybe what you feel like was real. What are we going to see actually transition possibly into the regular season? One of those things to concentrate on here today was what we saw Beyond the arc against AM, Pop Isaacs led the way six for 10 from long range, but the Red Raiders were 14 for 34, and that was good enough for 41% on the day. So, good question here. Was that real? Is that something we're going to see continue? Some thoughts on that and how it came to be now from Texas Tech head coach Grant McCaslin. I've said it from the beginning. I think this team can shoot the ball well. 
and if we can create opportunities for these guys, especially early in transition. We actually were eight for nine from three in transition, which is a crazy number. If we do that, we'll, we'll have an opportunity to win a lot of games. But I think that all happened because of one, one person, honestly, it was Warren. Warren did an unbelievable job running, and they run too, but they converged on him and really packed the paint, and that opened up the opportunity. So everybody wants to talk about the guys that made threes. The assist guy was Warren Washington, and he really created a lot of uh, attention at the rim and transition. I thought he was the difference in us making threes. Well, okay, so I, I don't know if you're going to shoot 34 a night uh, or attempt 34 a night. I also don't know if you can consistently be 40% or better. That That's big time, yeah. the 40% part. Um, if you do – Look out, uh, because at some point, yeah, if you if you can shoot them at a, at a high clip and that kind of percentage, you're, you're going to be a big problem. Uh, I think that's a bit unrealistic, but we'll see. I hope I hope so. I mean, I'd be all for it. Uh, Eight for nine in transition, like that, you said. That's the one that is the that's the fun number because that is. And so what he's talking about is that when you've got a guy like Warren Washington that is a rim runner, and that's what they've taught him to do is just get get to the rim, and it, it's always an outlet. It's part of your secondary break and, and things like that. And I think teams are, you know, that, that'll be something they'll have to play. Otherwise, it's an easy dunk. And uh, I, I think that, you know, that maybe A&M was so concerned about that they took it away. And so it allows Joe Toussaint to, hey, man, let me kick it to the wing here and then bombs away um, because there's more, you know, there's more f like fast break three point attempts shot in this day and age than it, it, it's just kind of a new way of, I mean, you used to a, a fast break would have never ended in, in a perimeter shot attempt. That That's not what a fast, you, you think fast break, you're like, you know, like finishing at the rim and like a, a three on two, two on one type drill. And, you know, you end up with something in the paint or, or whatever. And you're trying to put that defender and get him on skates and put him in a bind. But now the three-point shot is such a huge part of basketball and people are so good at it that, you know, you, you, you have choices to make. And you run that secondary break to send guys to the corners. You send guys to the wing. You send guys to the rim. And you really put, uh, you put uh, the defense in a, in a bind because now, okay, now i got to make a choice. Do I want to take away the two? Do I want to give them the two and try to contest the three? But the biggest point is Warren Washington caused some of that. Joe Toussaint is going to be a really good facilitator. If he only scores about six to eight a game and can, can share it that well, that is awesome because that, that he is doing his part because he's a, an elite defender. So I'm, I'm factoring that in. But you've got some dudes, man. That I mean, we know what Pop can do. I think Chance McMillan is a potentially. I, I, I mean, I hesitate to use the word elite, but he's a big time shooter, and he did average forty seven or forty plus percent last year at Grand Canyon. I think Darian Williams can do it. I think Lamar Washington has worked on his shot a lot. Kerwin Walton is a robot. If if there's nobody in his face, with you know now, if he has to create or. He can't if he if he has to do anything other than catch and shoot. It's it can be a bit tricky, but I mean he can pour them in as well, which is why he was brought here. So you've got lots of you know I think uh, Devin Cambridge is also another uh, opportunity. Even Ey, the kid from Finland, uh, can, can can shoot and make these uh, and, and all that. So I do think that you'll shoot them at a, at a volume number 
that's what I think Grant feels like gives them a, a good chance. But it'll it'll depend on how many, you know, because I think they got a lot of fast breaks last, uh, you know, weekend versus AM because they got some stops and they got they, they were running. But this is how AM chose to defend it. And so this is what you took. Something I didn't really anticipate. And I'm going to go ahead and wait for this to appear in the regular season to get my hopes up that it could be part of your identity. But as Coach McCaslin said there, you know, some confidence that you can shoot it. Well, you get those kind of opportunities or like you talked about, will the number be, you know, 30 plus every night? I don't know if that's where you want it to be necessarily, but if you're cooking at 41%, hell, make it 55, 65 attempts. So do I care. Uh, that'll cook in any league in the country. So looking forward to seeing that tip off. We'll have more thoughts as we get closer to Red Raider basketball coming up midweek. And of course, we'll stay getting ready for Red Raiders and Jayhawks from Lawrence, Kansas. Chris, appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoyed it. Absolutely, man. Uh, new week, a uh, lot going on now. Now we're in uh, really the crazy season when everything starts happening at the same time. So it gets a bit uh, stressful, but it's fun and it's busy and uh, it's here. So That's right. uh, basketball this week, football this week, and they're meaningful. And then away we go, man. But keep hope alive, everybody. Winning is fun, right? Getting busy. And the best way to keep <laughs> up with it all is to make sure you hit the subscribe button on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. So you never miss an episode. For Chris, I'm Casey. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you for the next round. Locked on Texas Tech.